Clean contact. I hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment. Or the moment defines you. My name is Andy Hayes, and with me is Peter Donahue, Zach Busman. Good afternoon, Andy, Zach. Andy, Pete, great to be here. Thank as, you. As you were just talking about, this is an unscripted show. <laughs> we don't, we don't, we, sometimes we plan, but we definitely don't, I definitely don't share with anyone what the topic is going to be. I think of it as uh, started, in, you know, inspired by our conversations down in the front room, like, we would never have have been like, "Hey, Pete, let's talk about let's sit down together and talk about, you know, fill in the blank." Exactly. It just, it just happens. That would ruin the spontaneity of it. And My, so, that's what this is. I mean, we're holding microphones. We had to schedule a time to get here, but um, that's it. We just come in. You let us know. We get it done. <laughs> Staff, uh, we just, I mean, people are dying to know, you know, how the staff trip turned out. Um, Zach, Zach is the member of the winning team. He was on team Rob, Zach, Rob, Alex, and Pete L and Steve. Yep. They were a tough team and came out on top. How, you know, do you want to give a reaction? Yeah. It, unbelievable trip. It went, went by way too fast. It was so fun. Um, I wish I would have contributed a little bit more for our team, but still an honor to win and really cool that we won, um, you know, led by our great team, Team Rob, Pete L, you know, um, Steve, everybody just did enough to squeak by well, against great competition, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it really was great competition. In fact, um, <clears throat> my greatest enjoyment was watching you and Chris uh, on the second day battle it out head-to-head uh, -head on that back nine. I mean, Chris, in the first place, played Point of Woods incredibly well. I mean, he was two under par through 17 holes for the day, not just the back nine, not just uh, – and – uh, he just uh, he just played great. He's always his short game is always something to see, and and those greens were just I'm not sure what they were running at, but I thought they were running at about 14, mm -hmm. and uh, I putted my balls. I told you guys I had a 40 50 foot putt on the first green that looked pretty straightforward, just just kind of going a little bit uphill. I couldn't believe that I didn't just have to hit it a little bit, and I hit it 70 feet off the back of the green. <laughs> And uh, yeah, on, on an uphill putt. On an uphill putt. So, so to watch uh, Zach uh, and Chris uh, just hole out clutch putts all over the golf course, it seemed like it was just a great, great match, and uh, it was just really, really fun to watch that golf. And uh, and I had the day before at. Uh, Lost Dunes, um, you know, I got to play with you and uh, and Eddie, 
Yeah. And we started off, you know, playing six, but then you wisely uh, realized this was just going too slow. And so we, we went ahead and played our team game. And, uh, and uh, we got, uh, you know, we got on a hot streak, uh, you know, which is kind of what you're hoping for, you know, in a, when you're playing. You just want to feel like you've got some sort of power out there. And uh, the, with the state of my game, you spend most of the day feeling, you know, uh, not empowered by your own athletic uh, prowess. But, uh, you know, there were moments, there were moments that were terribly satisfying on both days for me as a player, uh, as, but the whole time. I mean, they were, the, the, the days were wonderful fall days. We started out and it was rough. At Lost Dunes, the weather was <clears throat> tough. You had to wear every layer, and then we just started peeling. You know, on the back nine, it ended up to be a gorgeous day, and it was a gorgeous day. You know, the second day when we played Point of Woods. Yeah, that was that that back nine we played together, Pete. That was some of my most fun most fun nine holes of the of the year. Yeah, it was. We fun. all found something. A little, no, none of us. Well. Wasn't like incredible, but like no one shot like three under individually. But like we all like worked as a team and were like playing playing well as a team. Yeah, which was like really fun. It was really it was really fun. It really was, and uh, you know, and that's the wonderful thing about those formats is that uh, they permit you to stub your toe, and I mean, because you literally are playing each hole as its own thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and uh, I mean, you know, I played. the, the the most of the holes on the front nine. I, I parred the second hole, which was a minor miracle, uh, you know, given that it was a 420 yard hole and I was hitting like a hundred yard wedge shot for my third shot, <laughs> but I was able to get the putt to fall. And, and over the years, anytime I can par that hole, it's like it almost makes my entire day. So, then to be able to find a little something on the back nine, a swing that you know could start hitting shots, it was some sort of uh, some sort of game and to be able to actually you know make a, a couple of pars and a few bogeys and uh, and and the Eddie we rediscovered Eddie yeah. you know we hadn't played with her and she has a boy can she she is so reliable uh, you know from tea to green it was it was really cool it was fun to be with her and you know subsequently you know we've uh, visited pretty much every day and we're sort of learning about each other so it's all because of the trip, really. We probably otherwise would have just sort of been quietly introverted, sure. <laughs> sitting back to back at two desks. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. Um, oh, joining us, special guest. Don't, don't do it. No, don't do it. I'm Chris. You can't suck me in. <laughs> 30 seconds, Chris. I just heard that you were 17 under through. Er, Two under through seventeen holes at Point of Woods. Is that tr- is that true? That's true. You part. What did you do on eighteen? <laughs> I didn't really hole out. I mean, oh. your match was coming down the to the yeah. end, and I kind of like flared a three wood in the right side, and and uh, uh, um, and so I was like ha- chip down. I flubbed a chip, and then I hit it to like eight feet, and I just I just picked it up. So um, yeah, so one under. Uh, yeah, one. So that eight footer was for bogey, par. or for, for bogey. Par. 
Super oh. bogey. Yeah. I was just thinking back because your 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 New Year's resolution was to shoot an under par round, and you you just picked up. That's <laughs> well, yeah, but you know he was uh, I mean, he was you know sick as a dog. I mean, we had yeah. to drag him around. It was literally it was Michael Jordan game five, nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, I felt weird on the last hole because um, <clears throat> so I hit a drive. It hit the tree, came straight down, didn't get to the fairway. Right, so then I just like blasted a three wood, and uh, and I was rooting for my partner. I mean, it yeah. was like a you know the whole well, thing came down to that, and um, and uh, I wanted to try that pitch from the side. You guys were all kind of standing over there, and I was kind of checking on you guys or you guys of your, your match, and um, <clears throat> and uh, I don't know, I kind of like half assed went up and hit it and like flubbed it and was kind of like oh this is not how i want this round to end and and, <laughs> and yeah. so i didn't uh i i felt good through 17 holes well, we're gonna count it we're gonna count it i think we count it as an under par round i think you oh, reached I your goal so. i yeah. think so i mean Last you round. you you can't imagine how, how uh good it was to watch him play that round i mean in the first place he gets uh on the second hole which is a par five uh which up up by uh, by the green is a very threatening ravine oh, and yeah. body of water. He hits his ball uh, to the right, and we find it in a bunker. But we don't just find it in a bunker. It's about eight inches below a lip on a very steep slope, ball above his feet. And it's hanging on some tuft of sand that I don't know how it happened to be there, but it was ridiculous. So he goes and whacks it and it hits the lip and ends up in the bunker still. So now he's got to hit, he's 350 yards away and he's got to hit a, uh, an iron down there out of the bunker and hits it solid, knocks it down there. And then he knocks his fourth shot about how, how far away was that? Four feet, eight feet. Yeah. Something like that. Six was feet. In there. And he knocks it in and makes par. Wow. I mean, <laughs> I mean to tell you, and also anyway, yeah. it was just it Incredible. was really a very clean yeah. round. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, congrats, very cool. Congrats, Chris. I unfortunately, I think your days of playing as a a six, which you wanted to, are long gone, um, and your days of playing as a four are probably you know gone as well. Because that was definitely the low round, low round of the day. Couldn't help four, it. it was as a, a highlight. Four handicap. So. Um, yep. Yeah. 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 So just yeah, uh, just letting you know that's that's to come. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. The committee probably held a long memory about that. Absolutely. Um, wow, Zach's tough. You came up against the star player. Yeah, I know. You wanted him. Yeah. I did. Okay. It's the first time I've ever played with Chris. Wow. In you know over a year and a half, like being here. Yeah. And being on multiple staff trips or or little, you know, getaways with the team where. You know, maybe we could have played together, but just never have. Mm-hmm. And it was it was everything and more that like I thought it might be. It was like just insane because I've heard about a short game. I've heard that he's a great putter. You know, I figured, I assumed, you know, that he's super methodical. I just had that in my mind that that's the type of player he was, and he, he sure was. But yeah, I mean, he was unbeatable. Like I I did all I could. I I fought hard. And it was just, but it was just amazing to, to like see what he was doing out there. Mm-hmm. The putts, I just like laughed multiple times when he would make a putt. Cause it was like, I mean, on the first nine holes, 
it was like the seventh time that he just pours in like a 14 foot like it was ridiculous it's like yeah yeah you get the crazy. ball rolling online well you did the same thing i mean you really took him uh, all the way uh to the end and you know <clears throat> matched him a number of times i mean chris had a four footer uh uphill on one hole i uh, it was in the middle of the front nine of our uh better ball of pairs match and uh <clears throat> chris and me against zach and rob and uh, yeah he hits a a 205 yard iron shot from the rough to four feet to four feet <laughs> and zach zach has pitched this ball and it's run above the hole about 25 feet so now he's got a downhill breaker and uh and again, the greens. Once once the ball would start cruising on some of those putts, it just wouldn't stop. And so it wasn't a question of necessarily on some of them hitting it too hard. You couldn't hit it soft enough once it started rolling. And so Zach has what looks to me like that putt coming down the hill, and uh, I'm already counting, you know, the win and. Uh, he knocks it right in the hole, uh, <laughs> and now Chris has got to make make the four, yeah. make the make the uh, uphill, and 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 of course does does yeah does does in the heart. Both Zach and Chris, you know, hit uh, hit their putts into the heart. Wow, incredible! Yeah, that was cool. Chris gave me a like a rise smile when that putt went in, mm. a little fist pump. Um, yeah, it was, it was just a cool cool experience playing with them. Is awesome match. He's a great competitor, and I try to be a great competitor too. So, yeah. like, I mean, yeah. you can imagine just like we were vibing out there. Yeah, and and you were giving him, you gave him a shot each side. So probably, <laughs> if if he didn't ha- have those, or or like, and maybe maybe that wasn't that. Was, or no, he gave you a shot each side. Yeah, yeah. but okay. But I mean, I fell down like. Three, yeah, out of the gates playing well. Yeah, it was insane. That's what I mean. And yeah. then and then I fought He's a back. Star player, but he I was know. playing like a he. You know, yeah. he c- comes in just acting yeah. like, oh, I, I know, I know. Like, he he never like he acts like because I like pract- try to practice a lot, and he doesn't ever practice. That like that just assumes that I'm like much better than him. But it's like he beats me every time we play. <laughs> yet but somehow he get, he talks into getting more. You know Sports more strokes, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, we have to have a you know many, many, many meetings, you know, about yeah. this because it's quite a case. It's quite a case. Yes, um, it is. Um, yeah. Second in the point of woods, Eddie and I played against Pete, L, and Steve, the star, the star match. Yeah, I was really excited to play those guys. Yeah, because they always beat. Me. They win every time. Did they and win again? It, they t- it was a tie. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah it was. It was a really good. It was really. It ended in some mild controversy, so I'll tell the story. Um, but it was like back and forth match. They got up early. Um, let's see, I, like I, I remember I birdied a hole to tie it. Um, but then we got we got down again, and uh, we got long, we got long par four, like the hardest hole on the on the nine. Uh, you know, dog leg left. Um, Steve and Pete both like drive it way right into the trees and Pete's ball, which he's um, got a couple of these like hit, it hit tree and Steve described it 
running, shooting left like a squirrel running along the ground. <laughs> so he somehow from out of the trees to like somewhat of a shot. I mean, he was still blocked out at like 200 plus yards away. Um, and Eddie, I, I hit mine left in the trees. I was kind of out of the hole. Eddie, bomb driver. And then she had like bombed three wood as far as she could and was still like 40 yards short in like that bunker on the right. So like probably playing, the, you know, should have played a tee up for her, but again, we'll have many meetings about this yes. for next year. Yes. Um, and, but then Pete, they were talking about it for like 10 minutes and then, but then he hit the shot, like this big slice, probably had to be like a four iron that like just, I th- we thought it stayed on the green. Like it was the best shot of the day. Incredible. Um, so, but it rolled down and Pete's got like this uphill, like chip and Eddie hit out of the bunker, a really good shot, like 40 yards away. And she hit it to like 10 feet and she got a stroke on that hole. So we're like, thinking we're gonna be in a good spot and then um and then pete chips in for birdie and and eddie two putted so they won that hole when eddie had a stroke and so that was they got one up on that hole Mm. we like tied a few after that and then on um on nine par three steve hits is like right on line he's like in his irons like really really solid um steve actually he was carrying, you know, through five holes, was, like, carrying the team. And, of course, just, like, acting like, you know, he's just so grumpy still. But he was, like, you know, he was doing really good. He was, like, keeping them in it, making great great shots, great drives. Um, but then, so the last hole, Steve hit it just – he hit it past the pin. He's like, he had, like, ended up with, like, 20 feet coming down the hill on these green, you know, really fast greens. I was, I was inside of Steve. I had, like, 17 feet short you know more uphill or kind of side hill and pete and eddie were both short and they were like chipping eddie chipped not very close um pete chipped to it's like four feet from from the hole and he's like kind of on my line where like if he had marked it he'd had to he'd had to move it um but he and he walks and i'm thinking i'm literally thinking about this as he's like walking up to it that like if if steve and i both two putt like I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Pete the putt. Like we're not gonna have the match come down to this, you know, whatever this little tickle, ticklish putt. But he, as I'm like getting ready for my putt, he he walks up to the ball. He like looks at he's holding his wedge. He looks at Steve and he's like, "You're you're not gonna three putt, are you?" And then he, then Pete puts it with his wedge, and it's like, missed. You know, wasn't even close. Like close. So I'm like, "Oh, that was that was weird. Like why did he, why did he do that?" And then Steve, of course, like puts it like ten feet past the hole, <laughs> and then and I hit to like three, you know, whatever three feet. And it was it. They gave me that putt, and then Steve missed it, and so we tied. Like we won that, so we won that hole tied. But like, it was I don't you know not like the best way, not the way you want to win, but or, I mean want to tie, but it was. Uh, it's a tough lesson, yeah. you know what? I mean, you know, you you you. Uh, you don't get so cavalier with those. Well, and because know? I wanted, I assumed that I had to make my putt to win, to mm-hmm. win the match. I sure. assumed Steve's going to two putt, and but I didn't want, I didn't want to like give it to him right off the bat because I wanted Steve, I didn't want Steve to have like a free reign, sure. you know, at his birdie putt. Absolutely, you want to have him thinking, oh, I gotta, I gotta get it close, I gotta get it close, and he legs it down, and I try to make mine. That's what I thought yeah. would happen, yeah. but yeah. it's not exactly the, yeah, you know. Well, you result. can't help that they robbed you of. The excitement of that they were they just bonehead 
Well, you know, you can't. Yes, that's your words. <laughs> I mean, come on. I can't, let's not so, mince words about geez, it. Jeez, guys talking some talking some trash after. Yeah, well, I mean, really. I'm all I'm do- that's Peter. I'm just sharing yeah. what happened. Oh, no, 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 yeah. no. It was, uh, that's, I'm sure if you asked Pete, he would he, say yeah, the he, same thing. He agreed. He would he, say, uh, that was very stupid. Yeah, he did say that. Um, but, you know, it's okay. They, you know, the, the yeah, team they ended won. up winning anyway. Um and I played Pete L again in singles match, tough competitor. Yeah, he his he like smacked his first drive like onto the driving range, couldn't find it, gave me the hole, didn't even play it. So it's not concedes even, just concedes. So he couldn't find. I mean, I had a good drive, but like yeah. And then, but then he got like two up. Um, he got two up. Then I won a hole, and he was one up going to the last hole. And because I had one, I, I was on the tee first. And I hit like a good drive, like up the right right fairway. And then after I hit my drive, he like goes back to his bag, puts his driver away and grabs two iron, which he hadn't hit all day. And he just like blocks the crap out of it, like <laughs> straight into these trees on the right. Um so I'm like I'm like, okay, that's gonna be good. But then it bounces out to the middle of the fairway. Um so okay, good break. But he's still. I'm like, he still got two twenty. Got two twenty five, uh, in from there, and he hits. Had to be four iron, and he hit like a good shot, but he pulled it. He pulls it left, which there's that like hazard left. Sure. So I'm like, okay, well, he's probably in there. Um, but we get up there, and it was literally like, it was a foot past. The edge of the hazard. I don't know how a four iron would have stopped like in that spot, but anyway, it, that's where it was. And I was, I was at like at like twenty feet. He hit it to eight feet, and I two putted for a par. And he had the eight footer for par, and he made it to. Oh win. my god! So was, oh, that's terrific! He had wow. a great. Oh, that's great. great. That's what a great conclusion. It was a great match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's wonderful. So. That's awesome. First time hearing that. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know the details of your guys' match. Yeah, cool. It's good. It yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Very good. Yeah, I'm just glad. I, uh, I don't know. Last year, last year on the trip, I didn't. I, I played good on the second day. I played like good on the front nine. To beat, I beat I think Steve and Alex on the front nine, and then the back nine I played against Robin Jansen and just like wasn't even, like, wasn't even like a factor in, in the match. And even though like we won, we won the tournament last year so it was fun but it was still like i just wish i had at least like competed in the yeah. match. so it was like really that's what i was like my like personal goal was like to be able to play those like what i think are like the top players and just like be able to like push them a little bit and so you did it was yeah yeah was fun. that's cool that's great yeah no i loved i loved the trip i thought it was um i thought it was uh you know the enjoyment that that I get out of the, the game anymore, and I'm sure you guys as well. Is uh, you know, has some part of it is my own game, but the other part is is seeing the other people play. And uh, uh, you know, I had my eyes done. I had cataract surgery this year, so now I can actually see the ball <laughs> in the air, and oh. I can actually see where the bottom of the flag stick is. And so, so uh, so I'm I'm uh, watching with a uh, you know keen keenness uh and uh it was really cool and for that you know just even as an athlete i had moments of clarity uh you know uh where i felt like 
I, oh, now I get it. You know, I've been trying to reshape my action, and I, and I realized, and for, for some, quite some time, and I realized that a lot of it is, uh, it's, it's complex. You know, there's, there's the feelings that you get, and then there's the visuals that you get. And, and I discovered something about my, the way to hold the golf club that really had a profound effect on my whole notion about the swing. And uh, I really, uh, even though I didn't command it in any way uh, with any kind of consistency, um, it's grown since I've been back. You know, I've gone, I've gone and worked out and at, to the range. And, uh, you know, it's like growing a, a seed. Uh, and uh, it's very cool. So... So there's, as uh, we've talked about many times in the past, there's different things that we measure and walk away from. You know, to me, it's always like Jack and the Beanstalk. You know, you, you come home with a bag of magic seeds, you know, that uh, you can grow. Yeah. Other highlight to me was after dinner, we stayed up till 3 a.m., <coughs> which is the latest. It's un- it was I've unbelievable. I have, like, I've never stayed up that late. <laughs> Come on, Ian. Was I, un- I'm, like, I'm, you know me. I'm not, Come on, like, man. I, I, I haven't. I know. Like, <laughs> not in, I guess not. And this was unintentionally. So I suppose it, it counts still. But we're just <laughs> just like just talk. Everyone was like sharing, you know, how I got to the golf practice. And I feel like we all got to know each other a lot better. And yeah, uh, you know, had the right, the, the right amount of, of wine, you know. So, you know, everyone was flowing. Just, yeah, happy to. To share, yeah, you know, and stuff. So yeah, was, and then it's just like we ended and like checked the phone. And I was like, oh, it's three o'clock, <laughs> and I, I I thought it was midnight. I didn't because then we got back at ten. So like I I still don't quite understand how we where the time just like went. sat there for five hours. Like, well, I'm sorry I missed it, be, but uh, I went to bed and, uh, and uh, when we got back from dinner and <laughs> and as a, it was my custom, I I wake up all night long. But uh, I woke up at three a.m. to hear noise out in the common area as Chris and, and Alex had come back, and I thought, oh my god, how are they ever going to even play golf? Oh yeah, tomorrow. It's like really a struggle waking up at seven. Oh, I can imagine. Um, Chris had an advantage though because he was sober. Oh, he, like wow. going into the next day. Everyone think, else was well, up till three a.m. and you know having Chris, plenty yeah. of drinks and. Yeah. Oh, Chris was up till three though. Yeah, but he was but, up till three. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, and yeah, he still was sick and battling sick. <laughs> so I think it maybe it evens out. True. Everybody looked very fresh. I mean, Alex, I couldn't believe it. He looked like, you know. He looked like he was fully rested when he got up, and I would bet a yeah. dime to a dollar that. Yeah, no way. <laughs> that was no. funny. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I did not make. We were definitely not feeling hundred percent on that front nine. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. Like just feel a little not like over the for whatever reason like over the putts. It was like, like. Uh, like the ball just was like just started like wiggling <laughs> and i i'm like i have to hit this or i might like tip over <laughs> so for like that. for six holes so that's not like the best feeling over you know over the ball no but it's like not. so i was like all right let's just try to stay in this as long as we can and you know it worked out it worked out fine oh that's um, terrific yeah. yeah um so pete you um i guess our our one topic for this you know, this episode is uh, 
like preparation um, for, I guess, for golf. And so I'm curious, like you said, you found something in your swing or your grip, how you held the club. Like um, I saw you practicing a little, like before the trip, trying to get ready. And then I like saw you, like that was the best. I know this probably doesn't make you feel good, but like the best I've ever seen you play was that stretch on the back nine. Um, yeah. At yeah. least, you know, in the past couple of years. And so I'm curious as to like what, you know, what led, what you feel like led to that. It's kind of, you know, it's one of those things that's hard to describe, you know, which um, makes it, um, that's uh, part of our um, challenge, you know, as, as, uh, guides, teachers, coaches in the game is that is that uh, sometimes the um, what the what the student is looking for or has found is something that cannot be adequately described in words. You know, it's it, it can be shown, uh, but it's uh, it's really you know the picture of it is. Um, not only equal to or greater than uh, a thousand words, uh, you know, it's it's uh, you couldn't find ten thousand words to uh, to describe it. But near as I can tell you, Andy, it's it's a it's a feeling of uh, that I would describe as backhandedness and and uh, of the lead hand and uh, and and really a side on uh, side on grip. Um, not not a grip that comes out of the center of the body. It's a grip that's meant to um, to deliver uh, the club head as the handle is is moving inward around the body. Um, for a right-handed golfer, that would be down and left, and for a left-handed golfer, it's you know down and right, and it's a um it um it really has everything to do with that last second when the club head is is coming into the ball and what you know which direction is the shaft going uh, you know because um I'll, because it's just different you know, it's just the, 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 it's as Jim Hardy, you know, described in one of his series of books, you know, you can either throw, uh, throw, throw the club head, uh, you know, out away from you inside out in the vernacular of the game, or you can, uh, be moving it where it's going in and around inward and around you to the, uh, to the inside, um, and um, I've always done it the first way, and to carry the, the the club more, and to have the club be coming more around you, that's one of the things that's been confusing to me because I thought I had broken through uh, the the strictures that I had uh, put on myself and developed from years of swinging in a certain way in such a way that if my butt was against a fence or a wall, my club would never hit the wall. Now it would crash through the wall. And, um, and anybody, anybody who's ever swung backhanded 
would understand the feeling. And, and so I, I continued to do that one-handed. But whenever I put both hands on the golf club, I couldn't do it. Why I couldn't do it is a mystery of the human mind, you know, to have developed moves and, and spaces that are taboo, you know, and that's alarm bells go off when you swing into those spaces. Um, and, uh, and so I've been trying to break those down and melee, you know, and all that, those kinds of things were all designed to kind of uh, unseat uh, and break apart all of these rules about swinging that I developed over the years and just go back to a more natural sort of exploration. Like if I didn't know how to swing, how would I swing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and measured by, you know, how much whap you can put into the ball, you know, by doing it this way versus that way. And so, so, um, so anyway, you know, sometimes uh, when I get out onto the golf course, Steve and I were talking about this a little bit, and Steve was saying, um, you know, s- somewhat similarly that, that uh, he can do a lot of work uh, inside or uh, on a range, but then when he gets to the golf course, he finds that some of that work doesn't translate. And I, f- I share that idea. I can feel very comfortable in an indoor setting where I'm uh, reinforced. The geometry of my alignment is reinforced by the geometric lines of the room and the mats and stuff like that. But when I get outside, you know, locating everything and getting my bearings and having that same feeling is, is difficult, has been difficult to find. And, uh, uh, you know, one of the things I recall learning at, at some point is that the learning is specific to the environment. You know, like when if you learn something in a red room, you'll always do it better in a red room. Uh, and the process of taking stuff that you've worked on in the gym and taking it outside is like needs to progress, right? I mean, the next so, step for Steve would be instead of hitting balls on the range to actually go to a real hole. Yes. Are you talking about um, like trusting it, or are you are you saying that it, it can be difficult out there to even even recall it, Got it. to recall okay. it, and to be able to reproduce it? Yeah. Um, and um, and so when you find it repro- when you find yourself reproducing it on the golf course, that's a cause for celebration, and that's the way I felt because. Man, I hit some shots, uh, you know, on the front nine at, uh, and 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 uh, on the par three, eleventh uh, hole on the back nine that were really good shots. I mean, they weren't just oh hey, you caught it on the right jerk and hit it yeah. straight. I flushed it yeah. and hit it hit it right where I was looking, mm-hmm. and so I know uh, I know it works. You know, I know what I'm what i what i felt will work it's it's in conflict with other things though that are resonant in my mind when i step up over a golf ball <laughs> so like last last year was your preparation maybe was your focus different than 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 this year like is, was that kind of like a change um i feel like i remember like in the past playing with you um you seemed very you seemed very intentional of in your kind of pre-shot routine and like right before the ball of like you know s- rehearsing like a very like specific like move yep 
kind of into the ball, but I didn't really see that same thing, that same thing this year. I it changed it. It was a slightly different. It was still in the waggle. It's just okay. the waggle was smaller. Okay. You know, I I've, I've have I have kind of a Mike Weir waggle that you know goes back is what you're referring to goes back to you know breast high and 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 there's a backswing and a downswing uh aspect to it <clears throat> this i was doing more with just the backhand feel of my my lead hand mm -hmm. and uh and once my second hand was put on it the part of the waggle that i would go through was simply a, a you know a small move back and then uh, emphasizing the move into the ball hmm. in which the body the body is is turning more than i than i have in in forward more than i have uh in years and so uh so as we've talked in in some of our past podcasts as i said at one point if i f if i focus on um what it's like to swing through the backswing sort of takes care of itself. Doesn't exactly work that way, but but almost. I mean, I just have to, you know, I have to remember to send send the club head out uh, away from me a little bit rather than hold it close and have it come quickly around me to the inside. That's great. And did you come to that through just kind of like explore ex exploring in your practice? Yeah. And it just, was, and what was it? Was it just like noticing a certain feeling, or? Yeah, looking at it, looking at it, and seeing like, well, if I come in like this, if I come in too much from the inside, it's just going to go out. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and so how? Where will it have to come from in order to square? You know, at that at the, those last moments before impact, and it's got to be. My, uh, a little bit uh, out. <laughs> if I was looking down the line, you know, you and I would both see it, you know, in, in, sure. in slow motion. And yeah. we'd say, oh, you got that stuck behind you. <laughs> sure. Uh, um, that kind of a thing. So if you were to coach somebody to be able to have a similar revelation in their own swing, what, what kind of things would you have them do? And what would you ask them to pay attention to? Well, it would just be, uh, and you, you actually, um, you know, I think, uh, I remember something, uh, you know, as we were, were developing uh, approaches, uh, I don't know, a year or two or maybe longer ago than that, but I remember one of the things that you uh, identified uh, was that, um, of the fundamentals that we should start with a nine to three swing, uh, which I completely agree with. And so that's where I'd start somebody. It would really be on just a, uh, a hip to hip swing that has, um, and the hip to hip swing would, uh, would look like a hockey shot, you know, because how are you going to strike? You know, how are you going to strike this thing? Is it going to be just wide with your arms and your wrists wide and sort of firm and straight and you just powering through with a body turn? Or is there going to be a little lash on the end of your whip? And that lash is going to have to be some kind of a 
an action through your wrists and your hands. And which way is it going to work? Is it going to work sideways like a slap motion, or is it going to work with an upward hinge and a rotation of the forearms, like a full 90-degree or rotation from open to square into the ball? Or is it going to be some uh, hybrid of those two moves, a little up and down lash, but, um, you know, just kind of a little whip, a little stinger on the end of that thing that you can use as a, as a source of power. And uh, so I think you have to determine that because that's that when Toski said you have to feel the force before you can force the feel, he meant how are you going to deliver this thing? You know, what's the action going to be? Is it different from your chip shot or your pitch shot or is it the same? You know, and 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 uh, and you know, how do you how do you grow that? Because that's the germ of your idea about how to hit. And now your body, once that's established, your body will will align and move appropriately to that idea. Sure. And so, so that's that's yeah. we just we we pass it back and forth, Andy. Uh, you know, with a little. Uh, We'd, we'd have our little irons, our mashing niblicks or seven irons, and we'd, we'd play a little catch with each other, just kind of zipping them back and forth, waist high, yeah. go deep. I'll hit you coming across. <laughs> Zach, how about you? Have you had any, uh, I don't know, what do you say you had a successful year in golf? Um, at times, yeah, I, w I would say so. Like I think I had there, a good a good end of the year. Is there anything in your preparation that you feel like led to success or maybe a lack of success? Um, recent success, I can say um, I got a lesson from Steve who, because I wanted to, I just asked him, like, is there anything that you see here that you think we could realistically tweak in a week for the staff trip, okay. you know, and he, he wanted me to, to get steeper and to pick up the club and get it, get it into a higher spot sooner rather than taking it back in the backswing down too low, okay. getting too flat. Um, and that helped me like take away the left side of the golf course with my irons. Um, of course, I neglected the driver. Never like practiced the driver, huh. um, which is usually usually I just you drive it pretty well. It's straight. Yeah. Usually, I I'm a pretty straight hitter, so I don't really yeah think I need to practice that as much. But that was kind of kind of bit me at the staff trip because um, I hit my irons probably the best I've ever hit them in my life. I thought, hmm. and but wasn't in the fairway enough to really capitalize when i was i would hit great shots in there and i hit some good recovery shots too that found the green but um having to chip out it's not fun no. um, from behind yeah a little bit especially when you're playing chris my god yeah. jeez yeah. like how about you well i am uh, i yeah i guess this topic is a selfish one because i'm interested in your thought your advice um that I found this summer, like when I was playing 
like when I was playing my bet, like in the summer, like when I shot five under my best round ever, I was like very, I guess I was like playing very de- like determined golf and like up until Scotland, I was very like determined to try to play, you know, play, play my best. Um, and so like I was practicing, it's like practicing a lot, like thinking about my swing, trying to, and I like had these like feet, I think we probably talked about on a podcast, like a swing wasn't necessarily like a thought, but it was like a swing feel, like just this feeling of like my arms move going first and like kind of staying maybe above the plane, uh, the swing plane, and then feeling like my pressure shift into my my like right my right heel. And when I was able to do that, um, it like I was like I I was able to do that like repeatedly, and that was like what I focused on before every shot, and I like played very well and like played multiple rounds of golf like under par, which is the best I've ever done. And then I, so I like have, I like found out that like, oh, with lots of, with like lots of practice every day and like I, I can like play golf with these, you know, swing thoughts or swing feels, right? Of like, oh, just arms first, get into the heel. And then that, that's going to work because I've, you know, been working on it every day. It's like when I play, it's like really easy to repeat, or at least it was for me. Um, But then after Scotland, I, which was the middle of August, I just like didn't have any, I don't know, not didn't feel like I had the same like motivation to like play or practice. So I went like two weeks without playing or practicing, which is like a really, probably like a really, really long time for me. Like even throughout the winter, like I'm usually swinging just about every day. Um, and then would like maybe play once, but then still like week off play, play again. Definitely not like the same, like every day, um, practice and focus that I had before. And then I just like, wasn't like those, those swing feels like just didn't work. You know, the, the, what you saw probably, especially in the front nine at Lost Dunes, like that fi- that thought of like, oh, hands, you know, hands first above the plane, just like shifts and ended up like shifting the path way left. And so I had like some of those drives that were just like pulled straight left. So like that thought or feeling that worked, you know, a month ago, like didn't, you know, it's like a temporary, temporary fix. And so I guess maybe it's like a two part question. It's like, is, do you think like, should your like you know lots of people talk about how like swing maybe swing thoughts are not the most like it's not helpful to have a bunch of swing thoughts in your in your swing or that it that uh maybe they're like they're temporary they're like band-aid fixes at points to the swing so like for zach it zach had a steve lesson pick the club up faster it worked if he keeps thinking about that, eventually you're going to be picking it up too fast, and now you're you know you're not going to be able to be in a good spot anymore. Um, so is so like what's the balance between like having these you know these thoughts and these feelings um, versus I don't know maybe a different focusing on something different in practice. Um, <clears throat> do, do you know what I do you know what I mean? Like yeah. most people can't play golf every single day, and so it's like. Maybe if you're a professional golfer, if you are able to practice every day, you can have these, you know, whatever, arms first, get into your heel. Like, then that's going to be a helpful yeah. a helpful thing. But if, like, if you're not doing that, <clears throat> if you're not keeping up with that, like, very, very consistently, like, those really aren't the most helpful things. Because, at least for me, I, like, ended up, like, overdoing it. You know, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, from a number of different standpoints, I think. It's a... It's, uh, I think, as you properly point out, the cues that we give ourselves, which we're calling swing thoughts, uh, in, uh, something is implied in those. 
and that that's the, the problem with them. And what's implied is um, do, do more of this or do less of that, right? More or less than what? Than what feels natural, right? Well, the more you do something, you know, the more it becomes natural. And so, yeah. as you described the process of exaggerating the cue, that's how it happens. Sure. Because your standard, your standard isn't really objective. It's purely subjective, right? Unless you, um, what you do is. Um, you wake your senses up and recalibrate yourself on a daily basis, right? Yeah. And, and that would be if you, if you had a practice of coming out and, um, and making, let's say, uh, uh, you contrasted the range of motion. Mm, sure. Right? So, so and you bring your hands, you know, really well, inside, really outside. Really outside. Yeah. And then start yeah. distinguishing sure. subtler changes, yeah. you know, always finding middle ground, you know, between two points. And yeah. you can, you know, keep doing that until you've honed it down pretty good. But the, then the other approach is like, don't think anything, right? Just, just tee it up and see what's uh, default in you when you start out. And then start moving based on what you see start correcting based on what you see on any given day. So we know you, you come with recent swing thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. That's fine. But if you just, if you walked out there and you just, you just, all you did was uh, tap that club on the ground and swing, yeah. rake another ball, aim at something else, tap the ground, swing, tap the ground, swing. And, you know, you just kind of got into yourself that way. Um, you could... Uh, you could begin to sort of establish your reference points like, what does this feel like to me? You know, do my arms feel like they're going in, out, mm -hmm. you know, subtly straight back or, you know, medium, <laughs> medium high, <laughs> sure. medium low, uh, you know, some, some sort of scale uh, like that. I, that's, that's what I would do. I mean, Hogan said, hey, for every day that I don't practice, it takes me two days to get back to where I was. And what did he mean by that? I mean, Ben Ho or uh, Lee Trevino's doctor said to him later in his life, Lee, how many balls do you need to hit before you feel ready? I mean, you've been doing this more than 10,000 hours. You know, I mean, what does it take to wake it up in you? Hogan was like Nicholas. Hogan needed practice to feel totally comfortable. He had to have an adequate amount of time to get himself back into the game every day. Trevino could start it, you know, by quick start it from the parking lot because, you know, he knew he was going to slap it and scratch it around just like Walter Hagen. But, you know, once he started scoring better and he started to feel, feel good about himself, he started to swing better. You know, and started to do it with more rhythm. I mean, some of it is just purely, you know, no, knowing, you know, your, knowing, you know, which one of those guys are you. Yeah. Well, do you think? Would you say? That the, it's just a theory, but of, but it makes sense that the people who need the practice, say the practice every day, are 
Do you think maybe that's because they're like relying too much on swing thoughts? I think I think he's saying that there's no right or wrong like way. Well, well, right? I I think there's a way there's a way there's a way, right? How do you how do you do it? How do you wake yourself up? Yeah, and I guess I'm suggesting like is there a difference like if uh, let's just say like Hogan, I don't know that much about him. Let's just say he had. He liked playing with a swing thought or two, and so he had to practice every single day to like stay to stay calibrated with that thought. But but then me, who has stopped practicing every, like stopped practicing every single day, I'm still playing with the same swing thoughts that I had like when I was practicing every sure. day, and yep. then that wasn't useful. So I'm wondering if like are these thoughts, or like getting maybe like maybe a little bit too involved in technique, like is it? Like it works if you can keep up and practice every single day, but like if you can't, then like maybe you shouldn't be focusing on these things quite as much. Mm, that's a, that's that's interesting. I'm not. Let's see. That gives me pause. Um, <laughs> good. I mean, that's um, a good question. Uh, I think that um, I think that being prepared to go out to play golf is a is a matter of of is a matter of choice. Um, you know, I think that some people just need to feel the golf club in their hands a little bit, and um, and as long as they they you know get a feel for their you know, their club, their four iron or long iron, and then their fairway wood, and then their driver, and then their chip shots and stuff like that. They just need to wake up the chips in their brain, you know, but they don't need to feel grooved. And other people need to feel grooved and need to go through a process where they've, they've achieved, you know, some sort of clarity. And... Um, and I do, I do think that that's uh, a matter of how does your brain work? You know, how does your, you know, it's a self-discovery hmm. question. Um, and uh, now, I don't think that for, um, I don't think there's anything bad per se with swing cues or swing thoughts. Stan Utley, as we've talked about before, and, and golfers like him, if you ask Stan what he thinks about when he's hitting a chip or a putt, he will say, well, I could be thinking about one or two of like a dozen things because those are his tools. That's his tool bag, mm -hmm. right? How he applies those tools to himself, those swing thoughts, mm -hmm. depends on what he sees. Sure. what he feels mm -hmm. and so he's got a bag of tools like you do yes he just uh uh as far as i'm concerned uh his attitude towards that that bag of tools is i don't know if i'm going to use a hammer or a screwdriver sure. yeah but he's also like back to my point of like he's also able to work on those tools you know try them out every single day not necessarily 
I mean, tour players, uh, you know, like anybody else, they, they, they're people. You know, sure. they come and go in the game like you and me. Now, when they're when they're hot into their schedule, yeah. you know, their problem is, um, you know, is different. Their problem is they're going out to play for keeps every day. They don't have time. They're not. They're not saying like, "Oh, I've got to take a break today. I need oh. a blow. My muscles are sore. I'm I'm I'm, I'm fatigued, or I've got an injury, or." Um, you know, so I think that you're right in that their frequency and their life calls them to do more with a golf club than you or me. But I think they, they still, you know, having done a little bit of that, you know, when I, uh, as a young man, played uh, in the winter on the mini tours, um, you know, it was a, you know, having to play competitively every day is is not necessarily a good thing for your game. Because if you're if you're coming a little off the rails, you're just going to play like sure. crap, yeah. and you're going to feel like crap when yeah. you get in. I just like I have a few like I have a few students who maybe they can play a couple times a week, maybe practice one, you know, say every other day. Maybe they're a member at a country club and like a five handicap who like struggles with a bit like just like a big miss it just pops up out of nowhere and at least from my from my own experience like whenever those like really big misses come it's like there's like too much way too many like thoughts going on in the in the head and so yeah mm-hmm. i guess do you know what i mean like i'm just thinking about all oh, those thoughts like would be okay if you were able to like if you're able to hit 100 balls each day but if you can't like like i can barely i could barely handle two thoughts this this year and i've played more than 99% of my students and i've you know had lessons where like i've given that person six thoughts today right it's like that's way too much for them to to handle but you know it's a hard it's a hard line line to walk yes it is a hard line to walk because anything that you suggest to them uh, is going to be a potential swing thought, right? Yeah. Even if even if you said, yeah, I went down that path with that thought, and I don't like that thought. It didn't work. It didn't work out the way I wanted. Uh, you know, I, I, it, uh, it's like the judge saying to the jury, you know, I want you to disregard the, la- the, uh, the last statement that you heard. Well, how do you do that? How do you put the toothpaste back in the tube? You know, as a uh, as a as an instructor uh, or as a student, you know, I think you have to um, you're right. You know, the all the things that you could say to somebody that might potentially be beneficial to them. Or are prop like the correct information. Yeah, the correct information. Is that is that a a net positive? I would say that um, without. a roadmap without uh, warning, <laughs> instructions, mm-hmm. you know, then uh, no, it's 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 dangerous because um, because again, you your first rule, my first rule is uh, about instruction is eliminate ambiguity, mm-hmm. 
And what does that mean? Well, it could be this or it could be that, or it's, there's a vagueness to it. You know, think this or think that. Well, that's kind of ambiguous, isn't it? Which one do I think? I mean, what, what did you mean when you said, what did you want me to walk away with from that lesson? Um, so you've got to manage that. You've got to figure out how to manage that. Um, and I, I, we all do as instructors because, you know, check in with your student. What are they thinking? What are their thoughts at the beginning of the lesson? Now, and then ask them again, what, what are you going to walk away with? And check it out. Yeah. Um, one thing I thought about, Andy, was um, if, if like you're giving a student six swing thoughts, yeah. what if you just deciphered... Um, like, hey, th these thoughts I'm giving you, this is educational. This is just, like, education for you. These and then these couple of things are what we really want to focus on right now. Yeah, and I'm not, I don't even, like, give, I don't, like, I don't intentionally give any, give, like, swing thoughts in that way. But it's like, okay, they start out, they're chunking everything. So we're going to work on low point and ground contact. And in 15 minutes, I get that better. But now the ball is going to the right. And so now we're going to do some things that straighten that out. Um, it, you know, and then we switch to driver with they're hitting down on it too much. So we work on trying to hit up on it mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, that we actually got a lot. We feel like we got a lot better got in it. that lesson, but it's like, oh man, I don't know if you've mastered that low point yet. Did we move on just cause you did five in a row that were good there. Now we thought you were, oh, you, you figured that one out. Let's go on to the next thing. And because they're repeating the same motion over and over and over in the same exact environment, like they can it's like easy to like get into a groove. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. you know what I mean? That's like, yeah. now we've gotten, now it's like, okay, now if they could go through that same exact lesson by on their own every day for the next week, it's like, they're going to be, they're going to get a lot better really fast. But if maybe they only can play once in the next week, now I definitely, that was like too much that we just covered because they're not going to be able to. Yeah. yeah. They're, uh, they're not going to be able to unpack it. Yeah. And that's that's the so you know you need to have unpacking instructions. Uh, sure. You know, I mean that that needs to that what you're describing uh, screams for that. Mm. Okay, so okay. because you know there is uh, and and I know that this this sounds like uh, you know it may be way more complicated uh, than, uh, but what it requires is that you develop a, a new practice. And so what I mean is um, there should be plans, you know, based on, well, if you're going to work on this every day or you're going to work on this a lot, this would be do this, do these things in this order or do the, you know, make sure, for instance, that you, you establish solid contact off the ground first, right? Yep. And that's, and, uh, and then, um, and then once you you once you started doing that, then you can, you know, start awesome. adding face, yep. adding face to it with what nine to three shots, full swing drivers, you know, whatever. And eventually, what you're shooting for is some sort of, um, some sort of. Uh, pacing and varying of the task so that it moves from block towards random yeah. where they can ultimately pull, you know, 
pull driver, then pull wedge, then pull hybrid, then pull, and that they've got a routine if, if like there's a difference in their attack angle or, or setup posture, you know, for, for upward swinging driver and then downward swinging wedge, is there a sort of a kata they go through to uh, clear uh, the, 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 uh, the, the last thought? Like, okay, when you get your wedge out now, you know, set, set your driver posture with your spine lean back. Now contrast that with what you're looking for, you know, with a, with a wedge swinging more down into the ball and, you know, formally go through this so that you, you clear the ambiguity from your mind. So, um, so, you know, there's, there's, there's a basic pattern for that. And now, you know, you'd go on from there to say, well, okay, if you're going to practice every day, this is what, what is likely to happen. If you're not going to pick this up until next weekend, then this is what I'd suggest. That, that if you've laid off as much as a week, then you, you need to do this. I know when we first started, uh, you know, the academy, our mentor <laughs> would take us through. This was a slightly different or a different context, but uh, we, we were going to the Chicago Golf Show, and, uh, and he said, okay, uh, it, let's have a plan for there's five people in front. There's one person in front of your booth. How would you engage that person? Now there's five people in front of your booth. How are you going to engage them? Now there's 20. Now there's 100. What are you going to do? We need to have a play for the different possibilities, the different situations that we might come up with. When you're talking about uh, developing practices for golf, uh, something similar has to happen. Sounds so we don't have those right yet. I don't, Andy. I mean, I don't have a sheet that I can give somebody. But you know something? I'll bet you that we develop that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've, you've, you've. I think you're closer. To, maybe it just isn't written, written down. But things that you know, you suggest. Like I, you know, played around with a student who they like didn't, they didn't get one drive, didn't get one drive like in the air, the whole time. They like short game shot broke a hundred. So, which was, you know, but they're like, oh, I played so bad, but I still, like, did better than I was doing last year. Like, okay, great. Short game putting, you know, a lot better. We do lots of, like, nine to three swings. Um, but then I was like, next, the next round, like, my cue from was, like, just try, like, after we had a lesson, but then I was like, the only thing you're counting is, like, the air balls with driver. Like, just try any 100% air balls. And so I think that, like, focused him in a way of, like, hey, like, uh, it's he's definitely capable of getting up in the air, but I think he just had, like, too many thoughts going on that like things got off and it was really hard to find it on the course but when it was simplified in a way of like hey just get it up in the air and if you get up in the air we'll give it a point and that that worked so i think you've developed more of it than maybe giving yourself credit for so well you know i'm thank you for saying that but uh yes i think probably you're right you know it's uh we uh you know we do stuff like that and uh 
and sometimes you know some people have said in the past you know oh, you should write write a book about it and i say, say you know i'm i'm really more of a performance artist i don't know you know i wait until i see what's in front of me and i and i've learned that that's what i have to do with myself because you know, uh, sometimes I think these wonderful thoughts and, and what it produces is just this god-awful athletic effort. And, and if, I, if I wake myself up to, you know, my Uncle Joe saying, hey, Pete, how's this working out for you? <laughs> Not too good, Joe. <laughs> uh, why don't you try something else? Oh, you mean like thinking less? Yeah, try that. And so, you know, you try that. You, you know, you have sometimes, you know, you, you know it's a great idea. Uh, you, you have a practice for how you warm up. Right? Oh, I warm up with my wedge and hit chips, and then I hit full wedges, and then I hit a full eight iron, and then I hit a full seven and blah, blah, and I work my way up. Well, with some of my students like Brian Funai, um, you know, uh, he gets uh, – he gets into he gets into uh, into the gears too much when he when he starts that way, and so I've 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 given him a new practice, uh, and that is, you know, after you've uh, made a few chips and wedges, you know, I want you to go to your hybrid, and then I want you to tee up a driver. And and work yourself into that. Now that's a much better practice for him. This is there's more there's more sort of uh, I get. Uh, I see that he gets a little bit out of hitting wedges, and then he gets a little bit of this out of hitting a hybrid, and then he gets a little bit of this out of hitting a driver. You know, he gets, uh, and and that's a pattern that we've we've come up with from experimenting and observing and measuring and saying, this is a good pattern for you to try in your bag of tools, right? It's not the only way for you to warm up. There's 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 plenty of ways to warm up, plenty of patterns or practices for warming up, right? You just need to know which one of them activates the chip in your brain that gets the slice out of your swing, that creates solid contact, that balance on the end, whatever it is that you're going for. Sure. All right, well, guys, I have to go. Clean contact. Okay. Thank you for being here. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for I hit it again. Me. Talk to you all next time. Because that shot was a fine moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment.